Hey everyone, welcome to the 4D Experience, Deep Dives with Dan and Drew. I'm Dan. And I am Drew. So we usually start this show out with Cubs, um, and I wanted to start this out with the NBA Finals, which ended last night. When you take your carefully contrived and and constructed rundown that my, my colleague here worked really hard on. I really did. And throw it out the freaking window, because literally as... We were about to hit the magical record button. Uh, we had some breaking news, and it's not exactly great. Yeah, so Jeff Passan, well, I guess it's not even Jeff Passan. He, your mean Mercedes posted on Instagram, and then Jeff Passan being Jeff Passan spread his, this through the universe. His big text was two words, it's over. Um, a whole lot of other kind of rambly thoughts followed. Nothing is actually official yet, but it sounds like at least he's stepping away from baseball for a little bit, if not potentially forever. Um, this is it's still in its like literally infancy of trying. Everybody's trying to figure out what. Um, while we're recording, we're actually watching the White Sox game tonight. Uh, nothing of that has been even mentioned, which means that it's still kind of official. Um, there's another reporter, the actual beat reporter, I think, for the White Sox was saying that the, the team is aware of the Instagram post. However, uh, as of right now, he's still on the AAA Charlotte Knights active roster. Uh, he is him nor his agent have actually filed any paperwork yet. So this is, yeah, this is breaking as breaking gets uh, on a Wednesday night. So um, we don't yeah. want to we don't yeah. want to speculate on why necessarily without knowing full full details. Yeah, I mean the only the only facts that have emerged that we know are true is he was playing tonight for the Charlotte Knights. He apparently was pitch hit for in the sixth inning of tonight's game. Why that is, no one has necessarily reported anything concrete. I did not see it, so I don't want to speculate as to, as to what could or what did happen. He had some weird comments in his post about, you know, apologizing for potential immaturity that he's had or offending anybody in media or team or fans or whoever. Some some interesting comments, which might think, uh, make someone think this is uh, outside of the diamond type of issue. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It could be. It could be anything, really. It could I mean, be anything. I, I don't want want to to fuel speculation or anything that that's not known at this point. That's the post that we have. We're going off of what we have. Pretty much everybody who's reported on it is basically reporting the same post and like the facts of the game at the Charlotte Knights. So um, he has not issued any sort of a press release. Stay tuned to our Twitter. We will um, be all over this. Yes. Uh, we'll probably have more reaction next time we record because um, I don't want to put something out there and be horribly, horribly wrong or assume something that, that isn't necessarily sure. true. Um, objectively speaking, obviously his numbers have gone progressively further and further down in a negative trend. Well, he was hitting over 300 at AAA. I mean, for, for what that's worth, and you can put your own worth on that if you want. Um, the major league numbers were definitely in decline, as is the case with a lot of rookies who come up, um, get adjusted to, get the book come out, and then, you know, it's kind of on them to readjust. Uh, we would have thought that this little stint down in AAA was going to further that readjustment process. Um, I don't know if he was 
ticked off about recent calls up or, or, or anything related to that? I honestly, I don't know. Yeah, so uh, it's it's breaking as yep. of literally <laughs> minutes ago. Um, so we'll stay on it. I'm sure we are going to be glued to the post game of this uh, of this game tonight. I'm sure they're the first reporter that asked a question is going to ask Tony LaRusso about it. Yes, as I was explaining to to my to my colleague here, um, sometimes in in my my other role as as, as F1, some quasi reporter, uh, we end up in the situation where we're literally just refreshing Twitter for three hours, waiting for an outcome. Um, we're kind of in that spot. We know something has happened. We don't know. Uh, we don't know a lot yet. So as things come to light and as things are verified, uh, we here at the 4D Experience will pass that on to you. Uh, like I said, keep keep tabs on our Twitter. Um, whether or not we comment further tonight, I don't necessarily know because we actually have a lot else to talk about. Um, so That's now I guess we'll try to get back into the normalcy yes. of what we thought we were going to talk about. And I think Dan wants to lead off with some basketball because uh, – we have an NBA champion. We do, and I have a lot to say about it. Uh, I have a lot. To say about it. <laughs> um, so uh, the Milwaukee Bucks finally clinched it at home last night to 65,000 people outside of their stadium in downtown Milwaukee, which is insane. Yeah, great crowd control. That, that didn't work. <laughs> insane. And they only had, I think, 17 or 18,000 in the building because that's their capacity, which is mind-blowing to think about. Um, fear the deer, man. Um, but Bucks at home have been very good this entire postseason, so it's not shocking that they would finish off the Suns here. But No, the bigger shocker was the the stunning win in Game 5. I think that's... Yeah. Like, we, we had said this was going to be one of those series that was bound to go 6 or 7. Uh, and we said it was kind of going to be the first team to, to blink at home was going to be really on the back foot. And that just turned out to be the Suns. It was the, I mean, all the games were close. They all came down to the last couple minutes. Who who could hit free throws? Who could hit clutch shots? Um, you know, did uh, did Giannis get some help from – I mean, we had the – they won the crazy Middleton go off for 40 game like we knew was going to happen. We knew we were going to have one of they those. They needed that. And they needed it. Um but Giannis, man, I mean, it all kind of flowed through him. Point center it works um, for a big man to, to flow the whole offense through him. He made it work. Fair yeah, play. And he's a different kind of big man than, you know, our MVP of Jokic, um, where the offense flows through Jokic too. But Jokic is more of a distributing big man that can shoot a long-range shot. Giannis is very much not that, although his passing has been better. But, um, Drew, you know that I was uh, – quite critical of Giannis in I, the Brooklyn I'm series. convinced he heard you. And you know, I and just will... decided to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to find that dude underneath the cheddar curtain and, and I'm going to find him out and I'm going to I'm going to stuff it in his face. And apparently he's done that. And I will gladly take full credit <laughs> for his successes. No, um look, I was critical of him uh because he's a two-time MVP, he's a defensive player of the year and Kevin Durant was giving it to him on a nightly basis. And I said, you know, Giannis, if you're that dude, you have to step up and be that dude. Um, and he got through. Granted, Brooklyn was banged up. Uh, Harden was not 100%. Kyrie ends up getting hurt. And it was basically just Kevin Durant and a bunch of scrubs. Um, so they got through Brooklyn. The Hawks were playing good basketball. They got through the Hawks. But this Phoenix Suns team 
was on a roll. They had destroyed the Western Conference, um, playing some of the best basketball in the league all year. Probably ran out of gas in the end. Yeah. Slightly. I, I thought their strategy was interesting because their strategy seemed to me to be let Giannis do his thing and stop everybody else. Um, and I understand that strategy. Um, you know, if you could hold, we talked about Middleton holding Middleton to under 25. And I think he averaged right around 25. I have 25 on here, but that's after the uh, game six. I think he went down to 24 or something points per game. So he's right around where we thought we, he needed to be. Drew Holiday was uh, deceiving. His stat line is not the best, but his defense on Booker and Chris Paul were great. Um, came up with some big clutch steals uh, late in the game. Um, so his more intangibles and leading the team and running the offense from a point guard perspective uh, was really important. Um, but man, if if I, I got to give all all the credit in the world to Giannis because he came out in this finals and dominated from start to finish. He ended up averaging about 35 points a game in this finals, 13 rebounds a game, five assists a game, a steal and a block a game. Um, and he came it's up with stuff. He came it's up with one of the best stuff. blocks I've ever seen um, on that oop to Aiton uh, in game five, I believe it was uh, that he blocked out of nowhere. And it's spectacular. Um, Giannis in this finals was that dude. He was. He did manage to win the MVP of the finals. Hundred um, percent deserving. Was, I, mean, I don't think close not even remotely close. Um, no, he finished one through thirty probably in that vote. Um, <laughs> no, he was he was the man, obviously. And uh, I was thinking about it a little bit more today, letting it sink in over me because his his clinching game performance was spectacular. You're talking about a guy who has been ridiculed all throughout the playoffs by opposing fans for his free throw, uh, whatever you want to call it, his delay timing, timing, timing with, uh, you know, the guy in Phoenix counting hundred dollar bills for seconds or whatever that guy was doing. Um, he stepped up and hit 17 of 19 free throws in a clinching game. That is clutch. That is a finals MVP. That's your MVP right there. Stepping up in a situation. He dropped 50, 50. Uh, the only other person to do that is Bob Pettit. Jordan didn't no, do that. That was really good. I, I mean, this is arguably the best single game finals performance ever. And, and that's a big statement. Um, it's going to go, I mean, it'll, cl it'll clearly easily make... Um, the adults of the finals very, very quickly, simply because, yeah. It was I mean, complete and utter domination. And and speaking of, you know, Suns, Aiden, who's a young guy. And it made up for one of the worst quarters in NBA finals history in the second quarter because they got out to a big lead. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Phoenix came all the way back and took the lead and made it a fight. Third quarter was basically even, and then Milwaukee just kind of pulled away uh, late. Um, and Giannis... To his credit, I think went like 17 for 19 at the free throw yeah, line. It's a guy that was shooting 69% in the playoffs. Um, Brett Barry like numbers. Yeah. When, when it came down to uh, got to have it, got to have it now. 
uh, dude delivered. So dude um, delivered. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be one heck of a parade. And congratulations to Milwaukee. I don't want to knock the the Suns because they had a great season. Aiton looked a little overmatched. Oh, and congratulations to the Suns for just for getting this far. Um, Aiden, nothing to be nothing to be uh, ashamed about there. Aiden, although he put up great stats, looked a little overmatched and a little not up to the moment. Uh, Booker disappeared uh, and shot poorly. He didn't hit one three in in that clinching game six. Um, And Cam Johnson uh, disappeared. Cameron Payne disappeared. And those are, and and Mikhail Bridges disappeared. A lot of the supporting act for Chris Paul, who actually did not, he's going to get a lot of the blame because he's the guy. And, you know, a lot has been made about his. Uh, shortcomings in the playoffs. Um, Why is there a sector of like the fandom that really hates him? Do you know? I mean, because I just know I've just noticed that there was a, a, just a very undertone of like they were almost happy to watch him lose again, as if like he deserved it. It's I I don't get it. I, maybe I don't follow it close enough. It's that say at least in my belief, it's a segment that. People want to say Chris Paul is one of the best point guards of all time. The problem is the missing part of his resume has been postseason success. Um, and for various reasons, for injuries, for just not playing very well or what, what have you. Um, that's been the missing part of his resume. Um, I thought he played. Yes, he had a couple of games where he turned the ball over a little too much, uh, which is not a Chris Paul trait. But otherwise... A dude showed up. The dude did well enough. He just didn't get help in clutch times uh, when he needed it. Um, but I, again, I want to give Giannis all of the credit in the world for as critical as I was earlier. Uh, listen, the guy is now on a uh, on a stat or an all time list where um, you have an MVP, a Defensive Player of the Year, and a Finals MVP. The only two guys to do that before Giannis were Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon, and now him. Uh, that's a pretty good list to be on. Oh, I mean, I think he's now in that same – I mean, with the you – know, granted, it's one championship, and these other guys have won a couple more. But, you know, the David Robinson, Tim Duncan-esque, you know, of the big man standing out and the big man delivering, uh, I think he's in that conversation now. But we're talking about big men for the Olympics – um, think about Giannis winning a finals MVP and the two MVP regular season candidates were Jokic and Embiid, two big men. It's almost like there's a big man renaissance, if you will, coming back to the NBA, which is really interesting. Um, if you'll indulge me, I'd like to get off of the game for a second and into the broader uh, I- ideals of what this means because he beat a super team. Granted, they weren't all healthy, but they beat a Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving team on their way. And this was just Giannis. And yes, he is a superstar. And he's on a super max contract, by the way. Yes. Let's not pretend that he's like making less than any of those. No, 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 no. But he is a superstar. Chris Middleton would be a star... Sometimes he's a glorified, he's not just a guy, but he's, he's like a glorified guy. Yeah. I mean, sometimes he's a, sometimes he's an upper level star and sometimes he's just another guy. Uh, Drew Holiday is a very good point guard. 
I, I wouldn't say he's a star either. He's just a very good point guard. Brooke Lopez is not what he used to be. Still very productive and very good at what he does, just not what he used to be. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, this is a team led by one dude in a small market of Milwaukee. He was drafted there, and he's played seven or eight seasons now, and he finally got him to the promised land. Oh, it changed the narrative when Milwaukee decided to, to lock him up, and he agreed to do that. I mean, this is a guy who easily could have said, I'm going to go hitch my wagon, take my talent to wherever, mm-hmm. um, and could have done that and could have won a championship and could have gotten rings that way. Um, dude did it the hard way. Dude did it the hard way. As, as he said in the press conference, I think that those were his exact words. He's like, I did it the hard way. And um, for me personally, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but for me that gives him such a deeper level of respect that you did do it the hard way. You led a team to a finals. You put the team on your back, literally in this finals. You put a team on his back and won a finals. Um, I, you know, not to throw LeBron under the bus, but he had his chances. Does it always have to come back to LeBron? Yes, because I'm comparing Skip them Bayless, does it always have to come back to LeBron? Yes. Why? Because LeBron had his, I hate this discussion. LeBron had his chances in Cleveland. Couldn't get the job done. But then did. He went to Miami to pair with Dwayne Wade and Dwayne Wade City and Dwayne Wade's team. Then bring in an all-star in Chris Bosh. And then he couldn't even do that that first year. He lost to a single Dirk Nowitzki-led team. Um, And then, yes, eventually goes back to Cleveland, forms another super team with Kyrie and Kevin Love, and, and gets it done. But... Giannis doing it in Milwaukee, and and it's just such a special, special and and it, fine. You don't want to use LeBron James. Let's use Bryce Harper in MLB. He had the Washington Nationals in his back pocket. Oh, it, it, it's it's a different. It, it it's a it's a giant middle finger to the formula that the only way you're ever going to win a championship is with a super team. That's what it is. And I don't want to, and that, and there, and there's some satisfaction in that because it at mm-hmm. least lets the rest of the NBA know that if you're smart and you draft well and you actually convince your you players put a team, to stay, you put a good basketball put a team, team together, and, and 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 it works. You don't have to be in one of those look, go, you know, um, uh, favorable markets with either you don't taxes have to be Miami or LA or, or weather or yeah. any of that. In order to I do don't want to make the impression that LeBron is the first person to create a super team. Well, it all came together with that. I, I mean, he that. he pulled the strings on a lot of that, yes. which is a relatively unique circumstance. There have been super teams throughout the NBA. The '50s Celtics were a super team, but Lakers but the teams difference was all, the, all the difference stuff. there. And if you, if you're going to get me into this, now I'll I'll get into it. Um. The difference there was there was still kind of the general manager doing the picking and the plucking and the signing and all that stuff for for like the Boston teams back in the day. Yes, agree. When you're looking here, you had the players almost deciding, and it didn't matter how great the presentation was. I mean, I'm thinking of the Bulls and the Tracy McGrady and him throwing out the first pitch at Wrigley Field and the PowerPoints and all that other crap. And the meeting him in the limo in the car and oh, having, right. you know, the, the 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 gates open and taking him out to the fancy ass dinner and all that other 
again, coffee house crap that proved nothing right. because he basically was using that to get a better price tag somewhere else. Right. Um, this at least says you have some control over your destiny, at least organizationally, uh, versus if you don't want the players, players ain't going to come. I mean, and that's a tough just that's a tough prospect for I would say twenty six of the thirty some odd NBA teams, because that's basically all you're going to get. You're going to get those really awesome destinations in the in the best markets, always getting those types of talents because they're there because they are who they are. Right. And at least this kind of throws I think a monkey wrench into that plan a little. Bit. And I and, think that's why it's satisfying. And part of it was you know the Milwaukee Bucks going to Giannis and be like we are committed to helping you win. And part of it is Giannis and the human being he is in being like, no, you guys put faith in me. Cause he came from a, his, if you don't know Giannis's background, he was selling stuff in the street in Greece. Um, his, you know, this fortune not, in life. It was not a well-known commodity no. when he came. No, And he was a skinny kid. He yeah. was like a hundred, he was under 200 pounds for his size, small, small kid coming into the NBA. Um, so it was not foretold of his greatness. He was not a Luka Doncic who came from greatness from the get-go. Um, he's not, you know, Michael Jordan or whatever coming out of college. He was a relative. Michael Jordan wasn't projected to be Michael Jordan when he first came. He was projected to be good. He's the number three overall pick. Let's right, not, right. Let's not, you know, sure. But no successes at North Carolina, no right. successes at Duke right. or Kansas, wherever. Um, a relatively unknown quantity compared comparatively. And I think his upbringing and the struggles that he's had early in life um, has helped him realize like the Milwaukee Bucks organization drafted me, they trusted me. With their first round pick, I want to produce for them. I want to be here for them. Milwaukee loves the town, the city, oh, the fans. That's they the come to see me support. play, and that's a wonderful thing. And and now you could say LeBron gets that. Uh, he he understands that. Um, so now he's doing it more later in his career of like, no, I'm playing every night because they pay to see me. Kobe Bryant had that philosophy of like, they pay to see me. I'm playing every night. Michael Jordan, same philosophy. Who are they coming to see? Steve Kerr? No, they're coming to see me. <laughs> I'm playing, and I'm playing the hardest that I possibly can. I occasionally went to go see Steve Kerr. He's a great player. Great player. But, I mean, let's be real. You're, um, so, Luke Longley. <laughs> wow. Ron Harper. Are we going to go Bill Wellington, uh, Wellington next? Um, anyway. Yeah, no, so just hearing Giannis, and that emotion that you saw from Giannis after the game comes from that just hard work and effort, and and Chris Middleton, for that matter, too, is a G leaguer. He started yeah, in the G league. They're a good story. They're they're a and good them story. together came up through the Bucks, and they're and if you ask Giannis, he's like, honestly, you get rid of Middleton, I'm gone because it's me and him. We'll get this done. And no, and and he lifted Middleton up, and Middleton probably helped take some pressure off of him sure. to enable him to do that. So. I mean, it, it. Whenever any team wins a championship, there's always role players. Sure. I mean, Bobby yeah. Portis for crying out loud! Where did that come from? 
Um, he accepted good, his role as a six man is where that came. I mean, well, good, good for him. But I <laughs> yeah. mean, like that was something that I did not see happening in the, in the, just in the playoffs. So, I mean, you know, full congrats to that organization, full congrats to Giannis. Um, like I said, I think it's an awesome story and you know, that town and everything should enjoy it while, while they have it, because um, it's, it's been a while since that town has won anything and, and good for it. I guess my final takeaway is, um, you know, everybody uses the against LeBron. Everybody uses a championships argument. Uh, Jordan's six for six. LeBron, very much not six, six for six. He's been in eight. He's lost five, whatever. Um, my thing about the championships argument is not so much how many, because if that was the case, Bill Russell's the best player ever. And that's the end of that conversation real quick. My thing is not only how many championships have you won, how crucial were you in those championships? How did you perform in those championships? How did you play in those? And I got to tell you, Giannis really went up a lot of steps in in my... For the first time in the finals, for the first time on that stage, to not be afraid of the heat of that light and to step into it is and nothing own it but damn impressive. And dominate I mean, it. Now, and, the, the, uh, the time will be... Can this matriculate into more than one uh, with the window, with the talent that's oh, there? Oh, you're getting into a whole nother conversation. Uh, We're know. running short on time. I know. I know. <laughs> we only have about maybe a little bit of time. Um, I don't know that I want to open up that entire can of worms. I think for what this is, like I said, it's a great story. I'm nothing but, as an Illinoisan, I am nothing but happy for the people of Wisconsin to get one. I'll say this, and I'll keep it short. If this is Giannis's only championship, ever, but especially just with the Bucks, for me personally, I think he cemented his place in history. And he's still got a long way to go. He's only in his I late say, 20s. I say, he's still relatively young. He's only in his late 20s. There could be a lot more to there come. There absolutely could be. But if this was it, and if this was the peak, um, I think he cemented his place amongst some great NBA players. Fair. I think it's a little early. I want to see, like, I would like to look back on this, you know, when his career is over and maybe then judge it then. Um, but that's just me. Like I said, for what it is as of today, two no, MVPs, no complaints. defensive no player complaints. of the year, finals MVP, 50 piece in a clinching game. Man, it's a it's a hell of a performance. The Milwaukee I, I, Bucks to a title. I am not disparaging any of that. I'm just saying I want to give it. Like a fine wine, I want to let the performance and all breathe. You know the last time the Bucks won a title? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson were on the team. (laughs) It wasn't Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It was Luel Cinder. He hadn't The same human being. (laughs) I know, but he hadn't done that yet. That should add more context. The the same seven-footer and the same hook shot. I'm trying to help you here. (laughs) So as, as Dan has mentioned, we are now up against the clock. Um... So we're going to come back. We will talk quickly about baseball, just kind of the respective weeks of our Chicago teams. We already talked about the big breaking story. There has been nothing new on that in the course of the last 25 minutes. <laughs> so we will continue to hit refresh as we record. But come on back. We will talk a little baseball uh, with some results on the field. So come on back. All right. So we are back after uh, a great conversation on the NBA Finals. It was good. Good stuff. 
Um, we started with the White Sox, so we'll circle back and hit the White Sox again coming out of the break. Um, no extra your mean news from the no, break. No, no. Um, but uh, actually to the baseball that has been played this week. Um, they, they had a pretty good um, – it started off kind of uh, what I would say – the, the devil we knew because they had the Astros coming out of the break and the first game kind of was very much like the last three at, at Astros ballpark with uh, Houston just kind of pulling away. Um, but uh, the Saturday and Sunday games, good games for the team. Um, you know, I think good pitching throughout. I mean, they actually held the Dude, Astros Rodon is over, so over the, the course of those two games, I think to like one or two hits. So, I mean, the starting pitching, it, it, you now know how this team is going to succeed. It's going to succeed on its starting pitching and getting it to the closer. If if they can build a bridge to that closer, that's that's, that's how key. you do it. Yeah. That's the key. That's how you do it. Uh, Rodon needs to be mentioned. He pitched Sunday, seven innings, no earned runs, ten Ks, no walks. That is, you're going to win a whole bunch of games, especially seven innings. And then you got you know your pick of bullpen. You can go crochet. You can go Kopech. I think they went Kopech in that game. And then Hendricks. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I mean, that's wrap that one up real easy. Um, Anderson and um, Abreu have had a little bit of a power surge here in the last couple of days. So is Mancata. Mancata, yeah. And that's nice to see. I mean, he, for the longest time, he was stuck on five homers. Um, he's almost doubled that. <laughs> In the course of the last week. So that's been really good to watch. Yeah, Abreu and Mancata have been a beast yep. in the middle of that lineup. Um, Anderson, his average has been going down. But like I said, he's hit two home runs at the beginning of this week. So Oppo field power. That's good to see. Yep. Um, the doubleheader was a little weird um, in that, well, first of all, Lynn, speaking of starting pitching, goes seven innings, only gives up a run. Um, against the Twins in game one, which was a great Good contract extension there. I like that. He's earned it. Um, he's absolutely earned it. Um, you know, that's a trusting your stuff and, and knowing what you got in the tank. Game two was weird in that, the you know, White Sox used four pitchers, which I guess is more normal for game two of a double header. They brought up Foster from AAA, which I'm not a fan of. I get they need the extra pitcher, but keep him in AAA. Uh, and... Um, uh, but the the twins uh, seemingly the exact opposite approach only used one pitch even though he got rocked uh, for five runs uh, they kept him in all uh, six innings um, it, interesting just duality approach yeah, yeah. Um, to how and, to do and it. what the game means to one versus what it means to the other yeah yeah so that was just an interesting tidbit from that game that I found interesting but White Sox of late rallying late um, big. You know, I don't want to say clutch hitting, but I guess that's the only word I can use for it. So, you know, nice, timely hitting late. Especially um, yesterday's game, yes. Tuesday against the Twins, where they got down. Uh, Burr gets the win. He, he also got a blown save. Gavin Sheets. Uh, I, I, I hope that dude turns actually out to be pretty good because, I mean, it's it's a nice, compact, it looks really wonderful swing when it connects. Um, and, and he'd only seen like, I think like two fastballs that entire night, uh, Barrios tried to sneak one in and instantly regretted it. And I think I even put it on our Twitter ball. Go bye-bye. Yes. Everybody go home. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, he's one of those interesting players. Um, and from last night, Hamilton, Goodwin and Vaughn each had an RBI. 
those three players are also interesting players because once Robert and once um, Eloy come back, well, guess what? None of those guys might have a spot. Like, you're going to have to find time to squeeze them in. Eloy apparently getting closer and closer. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic, and it's going to be interesting how Han and Larusa decide what their roster spots are going to look like, uh, at least until September when it winds up again. Um, do they still do that? I thought they rescinded the 40-man call-up. I don't thing. know if it's that big, but they still expand it. Maybe okay. to 30? No. I, I I will dig into that. I will find out for next time. But I thought I they, they, had, they, the I thought they modified that rule or something because I think everybody was saying, like, you play the game one way for five out of your six months, and then in the sixth month you play it totally different. And, and then, then you, the last and, month you and play then it totally different again. completely different down to 25. So. Um, Folks, I'm, I'm sad to say that we started this podcast a little late tonight because I threw out a great prediction about Hoyer tonight, and we didn't have it on a recording. Um, but he was in the game tonight. And, yeah, tonight uh, didn't go so well. I was like, oh, Hoyer's in the game. This is not going to go well. And then he promptly gives up a three-run homer. I'm like, Drew, we should have been recording. Um, he's another one. We were that, busy refreshing Twitter. Yes, yes, we yes. Um so it'll be an interesting, and yes, we can project into October because, you know, the White Sox have a handy lead in the division. I don't foresee the Indians or anybody else really making a run. No, I mean, yeah, for the for the next couple of months, it's not it's not about the race to the division for the Sox. Control. It is find out who you can and who you cannot trust and put them in enough situations so that you've um, vetted the guys that you like to the point where you're not going to have a, a, a too much of a conversation about who's in, who's out. Truthfully, I think they know. They're just trying not to burn those arms out. Yeah, they're trying not to burn out Kopech. They're trying not to burn out. There's Crochet. no, there's no reason. There's no reason to. Right. So the only reason that Foster and Hoyer and and, and these guys are getting the innings that they're getting is because you can't use Kopech every night right now. You need him every night in October. Well, you're also trying to keep Kopech for more than just the season. Also true, too, yes. And and eventually turning him into the starter that you signed him for. I, you know, I've seen some comments on Twitter about, you know, Kopech's usage is just so weird. Why don't they, you know, put him in for two innings? Because no. he's a starter who's rehabbing. This is extended rehab. We have starting pitching. We don't, we're not They don't stressed, need another guy in the rotation right now. Especially when you get to October. If he can give you one, maybe two innings in a real pinch spot in October, that's what we need him for. Let him just get there healthy, and we are great. You know, if you get if you get a uh, a Dallas Keuchel game where you know he can't get out of the second inning, that's when you bring in Kopech and you sure, have three throw innings, two, three, two, three innings, innings yeah. and build you a bridge um, to get out of a game. Uh, but you don't need right now. To have an, a, a sixth pitcher without a home, that does you no good. It no, makes no sense for me to, to stretch him out. Um, let him be what he's been. Let him work on his stuff. Let him continue to gain confidence yeah. in that arm. Yep. And then come October, ride it until it breaks. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, we would love it for another Sunday situation of, yeah, Rodon or Lynn go seven innings and then Kopech and then Hendricks. I mean, in October, this is a lot harder to do. It just, it, it is. Um, I'd love it. It'd be awesome. Um, it makes life a lot less stressful on everybody, but I don't see that always happening. So we'll see. I mean, Crochet blew a lead on Monday. So, I mean, he's not a, a rock solid kind of pitcher right now. 
but I, I definitely see him being in the rotation come October. Not in the starting rotation, but in the rotation of pitchers that they use in the bullpen. Uh, I mean, Bummer his, is still there. He's, he got the win. He's got to. He's got to get back to that pinpoint control. I mean, his stuff is so. Unfortunately yeah. for him, it's fast, but it's straight, and so everybody can hit fast now. Not everybody can hit straight. You can be. You can actually take a couple miles an hour off the fastball, and if it's got good movement, get away with it. All right, Drew. It's July twenty first. What are, What are we calling for the White Sox to do here at the trade deadline? What What's your prediction? Um, second base, a good contact guy, and maybe a bullpen arm. So you're saying Frazier from Pittsburgh? Maybe. Um, that's the guy I want bad. I think he really fits what they the need. White they need a couple team. more um, table setters. Uh, yep. I, I honestly, I'm really focusing in on Frazier because you're getting outfield help with the two players coming back. Hopefully, knock on wood. Um, and then, yeah, you need some bullpen help. Um, I know there was a report out today that I saw that the White Sox are starting to scout the Cubs pretty heavily. Um, I don't know if that's bias for maybe that second base help. I don't think he's what they need. Um, uh, defensively he is, but offensively they Too don't need Too many him. strikeouts. I agree. For uh, what that lineup needs. Could be Chris Bryant. Um, but... Again, he's an awkward fit, especially once the outfielders come back, unless you want to throw him in the outfield with Robert and Jimenez, which would be a stacked outfield. Um, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see them having enough for Kimbrel to go get Kimbrel. I just, unless they give up one of these Goodwin and Vaughn or somebody like that. Yeah, I don't see them getting Kimbrel. Who's? Who I mean, great. that would that would fix. There's your bridge. That that would fix a whole that bunch would of problems. Fix a whole lot of things. Yeah. Other than now, you have to manage which one of them is getting the magical. Yeah, state. you might you might tick off Hendricks a little bit, um, but you know, whatever. As long as he comes <laughs> home with a World Series <laughs> ring, I, who cares? Um, but I, yeah, I don't I don't see that fit happening. I see, like I said, I think what they need is Hap. Maybe I could see Hap them getting cheap that they can plug and play at second. That's like another guy without contact. enough contact. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And they don't need they don't need they need some power. They don't need a ton of power. I think when the the power is going to be in the guys that are coming it, back. Do you think they're looking at Contreras to play catcher? I I I, I don't I don't know if they have I don't to get think, him either. Yeah, no, I I don't think so. I mean, I they're in the market. For certainly catcher. ask for it, but I don't know that you're going to get it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's not a whole lot there. You know, it's, it's easy to look at the other team that you know the best and to go, oh, well, that would fit in nicely here and that would fit in nicely there. It, realistically, you know, it, it's been a few years since the Cubs and Sox have done. I mean, what, Jose Quintana for or Eloy, Eloy was the last go around. Cubs might be a little wary. Dealing right, with exactly. Sox. I don't think that they necessarily want to do that or they would try to get overpriced back from the size. And I don't think Rick Hahn is that. I don't think they have the assets. No, they probably don't. They so, probably don't. Um, so yeah, I, I see it missed. I don't see that matching up well. I do see Pittsburgh Pirates having no qualms about. I'm sure they're going to ask because he's an all-star and he got over 100 hits in the first half of the season. He's a, he's a guy that they need to get stuff back for. Um I don't know. It, it depends on how much the White Sox are willing to really give up. But um, 
Frazier would be my bet. There's been Trevor Story rumors, too, from the Rockies. But, again, contact is an issue. Power is not, but is that the kind of guy that you really want? I'm the, guy they need, sure. the guy that they need is on the shelf. It's Nick Madrigal. I mean, that's, yes. the, that's the guy that they, you know, you're trying to basically yeah. reinvent, yeah. you know, through stats one way or another is the contact and the on-base percentage of a Nick Madrigal because he, that was what was making that lineup, even without a lot of power in it, um, function. Yep. Totally agreed. Uh, but the trade deadline is coming up. I'm sure the hot stove will be heating up here very, very soon. Um, we mentioned a little bit about the Cubs. Um, they are still struggling. <laughs> Weird, ma- manically inconsistent. One game up, one game down. Um, looks like a team on the brink. Um, came up with a, a shock win last night. Uh, yeah, have actually um, are doing it again tonight. They've rallied. Uh, they are currently tied at two. Just got hit. Look at that. <laughs> we are watching the game right now. Because the White Sox have ended, we've switched over. Yeah, I mean, we're basically we're monitoring now the post game to see if they talk about anything about uh, Mr. Mercedes to see if any of that even gets mentioned. They're still in the breakdown of the game, um, from what I can tell. Oh, I'm just waiting for that first question. <laughs> I do want to watch the press conference. We may stop recording for to watch said press conference to hear my favorite person in the world shut that question down. <laughs> Um, anyway, back to the Cubs. Uh, yeah, some bullpen issues. Um, you know, they had a chance to really make a statement coming out of the All-Star break because let's be real, folks, we're only halfway through. There's still a lot of baseball to be played. Um, and I'm not exactly a big believer in the Brewers and their talent level. I get that their pitching is excellent. Their offense is not. Uh, it's putrid. And they play the White Sox coming up this weekend. So there's some... And they've lost two to the Royals so far. So the Brewers are shaky at best. I'm not putting a whole lot of faith in them. Um, but if you're the Cubs, you got to – gotta... I think it's too many games. It's too many games to, to claw back. you got to do it's better the, against the Diamondbacks. It's, it's not that the Cubs can't have maybe even a winning or very decent second half in them if, you know, they get back to the form that they showed earlier this season. I just think it's a too big of an ask to have that happen while Milwaukee – has to go through the same kind of titanic struggle that the Cubs did. Uh, yeah. I mean, you still have some games against Milwaukee to play. You still have some games against, you know, your own division isn't great either. Uh, speaking about how weak the White Sox division is, Cubs division is not good either with the Pirates being horrendously awful um, and the Reds and Cardinals being about in the same spot they are. So, I mean, it's not inconceivable, um, but... Uh, it would take a run. It would, it, would, take a it would take a run and and right now it just doesn't the vibe doesn't, of their clubhouse no really, i mean it all feels yeah. like everybody's nervous because everybody knows once the first domino goes that and, and jack peterson i don't think is is actually a domino that's a guy Let, let's be real that's just a guy he's a guy that i don't think anybody expected to end the season with the cubs no. given his contract and if he did Anything above what he's but that's not done. that's not the tipping point of that and the we're selling that and the Braves specifically needed him because if, if you got see there. a Rizzo, a Bryant, a Contreras, a Kimbrel, Kimbrel is I think the first one that well, that that's your sign. That's your the 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 bombs the bombers are launched. They're going in and out of the radar. It's time to 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 throw all your missiles up. If Kimbrel goes, they are going to get a king's ransom. They better for him. They um, had better. Just 
all the things uh, for Kimbrel. Uh, but honestly, Brian has been hurting you here recently because he's not hitting 300 anymore. He's hitting like 260. Uh, he's been not exactly uh, on the field a whole lot. Well, and how much of that is the where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? It's got. I'm sorry, it's got a way on you. Sure. And, and and there's been multiple occasions of people then when they are finally moved, um, all of a sudden they'll go on a tear because it's like I can just play baseball again. Sure. Um, especially depending on where he goes, um, I haven't heard a whole lot of rumors on where he's headed. The Mets. Meet the Mets, uh, yes. Mr. Met. Um, be an interesting Mets. fit. Um, I'm not a big believer in the Mets either. Well, no, I, I'm not a big believer in them, but I believe that they are I crazy in, enough to take a stab at it. I'm a believer in DeGrom. <laughs> but, well, that guy, yeah. Um, although he's been hurt too a whole lot. I think he went out of a game recently because of forearm tightness or something like that. They're mm. very cautious with him for good reason. Um, the cynic in me could say something, but I will not. <laughs> but you know uh, the Cubs are just this they're in a mediocre state right now and they have a chance with the Brewers stumbling they're, they're not look we're nine days away they're not keeping this core together even if they won four in a row I still don't think they're keeping this core so together. that begs the question who who goes who stays what's your prediction I think it's Bryant I think it's I think Bryant's a foregone conclusion I think that contract situation is untenable. Kimbrell is gone. Um, I think they might even trade Rizzo with the hopes of maybe being able to sign him and bring him back. But that's hard, and that's a gamble. Do they really want to do that? I see, of all the guys I think they want to build around, I think they want to build around Baez just because of his fun factor and his age. I am going to say I agree Bryant and Kimbrell gone. I'm going to go Contreras will be gone. Uh, I think a catcher of his defensive and offensive capabilities will be a hot commodity. He's gotten much better at, at the defensive end. Um, He's the a last couple, the last couple years. Pickoff waiting to happen. But uh, not only that, but the framing. I mean, he used to, he used yes. to be a terrible yeah. framer. Um, not so much anymore. Um, I think those are your three guys to go. Uh, I don't see them having the heart to pull the trigger on Rizzo. Um, and I agree. Well, Baez, Baez, I think his value is down to begin with. Um, and yeah, I could see them wanting to build more around him given his young defensive capabilities, but it's coming up. It's going to happen soon. And obviously we will cover it all, uh, right here. Definitely check out our Twitter at 4D experience one. We will be sharing and retweeting all of it. Um, so I think we're going to take a break. We're going to check in on this press conference. <laughs> and uh, It we, has not started yet. They're, they're giving me the Louis Robert update. Uh, uh, he was one for three with a single tonight uh, in a game against the Jersey Shore. So low def Russian TV minor league highlights. God, I love it. Uh, but once we get that update, uh, if we get an update, uh, we'll be back on. We also have some hockey news to talk about with the Kraken draft today. Release the Kraken! And we got some Gold Cup. Uh, I went to a game. It was awesome. And uh, we could talk about the opening of the Olympics. And I kind of have a shocking Olympic thought. 
that I want to uh, oh well look at that share with everybody. Drew with the tease. Yeah. I like it. All right. Um, I'm nervous for a lot of different reasons, but anyway, come on back and we'll, we'll find out why. All right, so we are back after just having a very interesting couple of minutes watching that White Sox post game. Um, Nothing I, new to report, though, unfortunately. No, but I need to say this: I love Ozzy Guillen. Oh, he tonight is, he loves Ozzy Guillen because he agrees with Dan. Yes. Uh, um, and Tomorrow night he may not love Ozzy Guillen so much. Now, again, I I want to preface this uh, yeah, by we, saying we don't know what's don't. going on with your mean. Uh, if it's something mental health related, we don't know. If it's something family related, we don't know. I mean, what, what apparently the only the only information that came out, I think, of that whole of the whole thing, and and everyone right now is, I think, saying exactly basically the right things. Um, is I think Chuck Garfine tried to reach out to one of his family members, and the family member doesn't know what's up with your name. So it's it's a still still evolving situation. Um, and I think, I think the tone of everything right now is we, we just hope that wherever he is and whatever he's doing, um, that he's okay. <laughs> Obviously that's the, the first Number one priority. priority. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all the hate towards Tony Larusa in this situation, I thought he handled the press conference about as well as you could in that situation, not knowing no, I mean, anything he said, about that. Right. The- I mean, he was obviously probably told about it as he's walking to the podium. Right. He was, he was managing a game tonight. Correct. Why would he know about right. any of this? Of this. No. And like, like, I don't, I don't see no offense to Tony LaRusso here. I don't see Tony LaRusso whipping out his cell phone. Checking Instagram. And, and checking Instagram. No, you don't see that. You know, scrolling down. I don't I, know. I, I don't think, I don't think he does You're that. You're ageist. No, uh, <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> but, um, no, but he handled the press conference very well. He said that he's going to reach out to your mean yep. um, because they do have a relationship. What a lot of people on Twitter think they know about their relationship, they don't. They're no, not those two they've people. actually been quite cordial to each other for a while. Um, Larusa is actually one of his better backers. Um, that's kind of it, it. It's come out that you know that he supports him, and he's going to reach out and try to figure out, just like everybody else, what's going on. Um, and so, yeah, I, I still think there is a twist to this that we don't know. There has to be some sort of motivation because you, it, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. Like they were just talking about, you know, when we were just watching, um, if this had happened right when he got sent down, fine, that makes sense. I got to the big leagues. I couldn't cut it. I'm really, really mad about it. That's it. I'm done. I'm stepping away. That makes sense. The fact that he was playing and play, he was still he was hitting for a triple A. I mean, he was over 300 batting average. So it looked like now, granted, you can take that for what it's worth. But the fact that he was contributing in a game, I, I I'm fascinated to know why he was pinch hit for in the sixth inning. If he just took himself out of the game, um, or Maybe was that an effort managerial decision? Did he not run to first base? Yeah. You know, did he did he botch a, 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 a was he catching and did he botch a ball that will able to run the square there's so many things we don't know still um so yeah i mean we're just kind of still in the dark this one of the questions that tony rusa got was you know have you ever seen somebody kind of go away from the game after getting demoted to triple a and this is something where tony Lewis's vast experience could really really help your mean in that yeah he said i've seen it many many times 
um, it happens. And this is if they do have that conversation, maybe Larusa can help him through this. Like, hey, it happens. Doesn't mean your career is over. I think he said in the press conference that he does see a major league future for your mean, which is a very positive comment. So uh, coming from a guy who's, guess what, seen a lot of baseball. He knows what major league talent might look like. Um, so this might be a case that Larusa can really be there for a player and be like, hey, this has happened before. Players have gotten through it in some way or another. Let's try to get you back on track and being a productive baseball player. Um, again, I, you know, and then Ozzie Guillen brought up, um, granted, I'll probably be a little bit softer than Ozzie Guillen. Um, essentially, and I'll paraphrase, um, Ozzie was saying, if he's not on my 25 man roster, I don't care. Um, which brings to the point was, is it LaRusse's job to babysit your mean because he's got a baseball team in first place to manage and get to the playoffs? No, it's not his job. Um, to Ozzy's general point that I think he was trying to make there, but um, I don't know if you could under if you could have understood what it was he's actually saying, then I give you kind of credit. I think that's the point he was trying to make. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it uh, a little less harshly. Yeah. Um, but you know that's Ozzy too. I mean, people are like, "Oh, Tony Larusa treats his players like crap." Uh, Ozzy Guillen wasn't exactly the kindest manager either to his players. He was quite harsh often. No, I mean this is a guy who grew up under the who learned his managerial skills under tutelage of Bobby Cox, who was uh, a, he, talk about a mean sob. Yes, <laughs> uh, and he played under Larusa too, actually. So I mean, um, yeah. So. Look, Again, still developing. Still story. developing. Um, I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to come out and say, I am not making the leap to, the three O green light thing is directly no, that's related absurd. to this. I, I, I think I don't think absurd. that that's the case at all. Um, Which a lot of people are jumping no, to on Twitter. I, well, because it, it's it's easy and. Again, it, it, it goes back to what I said back then, and with all the circumstances and how the hire was made and all that other stuff. That I don't want to necessarily relitigate because we've always we've come to we've come to an understanding. Oh, Drew, I'm ready to relitigate. No, I, <laughs> I'm not. It's it's a little late <laughs> in the day for me, um, and I don't feel like waking up my neighbors tonight. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, there's that there's that fervor, and again, Twitter does what Twitter does. Is Twitter it, it lives beneath the surface. You're and saying then it gets Twitter released. is hyperbolic at times. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. I am. You're saying they go a little bit too far sometimes? Yes. Okay. Put hashtag F1 into your Twitter and see what the hell happened this weekend. Case in point. Fair enough. Case in point. Uh, so we won't we won't dwell on this too much longer. Um, we'll actually, there's a lot of other stuff that we have to get to. Um, there was some. We had ups. the Kraken actually got released now they have a team they have they have skaters and uniforms and a building and all the fun stuff they have members of a team some of which you will never see ice for the kraken <laughs> uh at least the nhl level um but they did draft they did formulate a team uh, i think they're probably going to go with uh giordano the flames pick that they took as their captain i would assume yeah the only blackhawk um that was taken in that was actually john quenville um, no relation to Joel. Yes. Um, center. Was uh, a center. Who's going to be a free agent, I believe, yeah. anyway. 
So, I mean, it's... Uh, he might not be on the... Crack no, he may not. He may be, fall. you know, back in whatever their AHL affiliate ends up being. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not a, not a huge... To be fair, the Blackhawks didn't exactly have a lot of worthwhile players. No, but the one that they thought that they were all going to... The, the smart money was on them taking Malcolm Subban. That did not happen. They took three other goalies, uh, one of which is going to be their starter from Florida, Dreiger, uh, Dreider. Uh, okay. I don't know how exactly to pronounce his name. But Drieger. Drieger, yes. Uh, he will be their starter. He'll be their goalie. Um, they passed on Carey Price, uh, most likely. Probably couldn't afford that. A 10.7 or whatever million a year for Cat five dead. years. Yeah. Um, that's a little pricey. Welcome to the NHL, Seattle. Here's a big cap hit and an albatross <laughs> right. on your organization. Uh, although he would not. probably help them win a lot of games. Um no, but I think the bigger picture is I think the NHL this time around with this expansion went out of their way to basically ensure that the Kraken aren't going to be world beaters in their first season. Can you imagine if they took like Price, Tarasenko, Kalorn, <laughs> <laughs> and just like cherry pick some I mean, of the best I mean, players? They, that they basically made wanted to make sure that this wasn't going to be another Golden Knights, you know, which. Kudos to that general managing team and for, for doing that and all of that. But, um, yeah. I they think- also wanted to make a big splash being the first pro franchise in Vegas yeah. that year. They they wanted to make oh, a Oh, no, there was, there was a lot of circumstances that led to that. And they they used those rules that were given to them at the time, and they did the best they could with it. And, hey, they made a Stanley Cup final in the first year. Good for them. So, in the Blackhawks' case, um, they kind of – we're able to skate off of this pretty easily because the vast majority of the roster is first and second year players, which were ineligible to be picked by the Kraken. Yeah. You actually look at their protected list. It's only like 12 guys. Right. They didn't even. Yeah. Um, And obviously most of them are pretty straightforward picks that you would expect. And then see, sorry, you can't have Patrick Kane. Sorry. You can't have Jonathan Taves. Right. Um, And then Seabrook um, and, Shaw were left off and ineligible because they had retired, so they weren't picks. They just traded Keith. Would have been interesting to see if he made the protection list or not. Uh, not that they would have picked him anyway. But, um, yeah, they just traded Keith. So, I mean, really, there, there wasn't a lot to pick from. And they picked their defensemen from other teams. So, was, you know, Zadorov was another one that they were like, oh, maybe we'll take him. Nope. Calvin DeHaan, maybe a veteran defenseman. Nope. Um, so, not a whole lot to Pick and choose from yeah. the Blackhawks. No, I think this was a very meh expansion draft. Like uh, not, not a whole lot of huge, surprises. Huge surprises. Uh, Eberle is a big player for them that they got. Uh, Giordano, who's just by far the oldest player that they took, thirty-seven. Um, I think they took one other thirty-one-year-old. <laughs> Everybody else was in their twenties. Uh, I think they took one other big name player, and I'm blanking on it. First hockey anything broadcast on the ESPN family of networks is now that that contract has now started. I thought um, the draft show that they had was a little corny. A little well, considering crazy. everybody knew what had already happened, because the actual draft happened at like yeah, 10 o'clock this morning. Did you need the analyst throwing a fish to the play-by-play guy? Like, what, really? I, like, I get it. We're in Seattle, and you're playing up Seattle, and I get it. But my, really, people? Like... It could do better. I love the stage. The, the logo's growing on me. I didn't love the logo to begin with. It's growing on me. And the jerseys look cool. The jerseys that they debuted with the color scheme and, and the Kraken like, S-type thing looks really cool. Um, so I'm all for that. Um, I'm totally all in for a Seattle-Vancouver 
like to the death rivalry <laughs> um, that will inevitably occur because they're like hours away from each Seattle, other. Seattle, San Jose, Seattle, LA, yeah. Seattle, Vegas. Yeah, it's it'll be fun. Um, we'll see. I yeah. Hey, great. Go at, play well. And... At some point, they'll get to be able to play a Canadian team. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a whole other issue. But uh, we got the draft coming up this weekend, I believe. Yep. Um, Hawks, I think, pick 11. Something like that. They're, it, it's 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 not the, quite the equivalent of NHL hell, but it's not a. they're not going to get a marquee. It's not going to be a Kirby Doc splash pick. No, no. You're probably not going to end up with a Kane Taves Doc no. type talent. Um but still a productive player who might um, be something here sooner can, rather than later. Something that you can build around. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it for the hockey news as of right now. But, uh, again, we'll be on it if the Blackhawks make any moves. Um, moving to the Gold Cup really quick. Uh, we got some group winners. Uh, we got Mexico finishing first in their group. Shocking no one. <laughs> El Salvador finishes second. Uh, U.S. finished first in their group by beating Canada. I was at that game. Um, if you were following our Twitter, you saw some pics. Uh, great experience. My goodness. it's That crowd and that fan base is electric. So loud. Um, it was a fun experience. Uh, and obviously the fastest goal in United States men's soccer history in the first 20 seconds. Um, and that was it. That was and it, that for, the was it the for the game. Uh, like after that, it was like the U.S. backed the bus up and said, Canada, please try. Yeah. They tried, and they just – One of their best defenders got hurt in the first 15 minutes too, which I think bothered them a lot. Um, but, yeah, U.S. was clearly the dominant team in the first half, and then Canada kind of took it to them in the second half, um, and they kind of bunkered. Uh, but they got through it. They won their group. Um they actually play uh, Jamaica in the first round of the knockouts, so that'll be an interesting. Jamaica's had a history of like upsetting the Jamaica's US. not a bad team. No, they come up and they're not bite bad. You. Uh, they finished second in their group. Costa Rica finished first, and then in Group D, Qatar finished first in their group, and Honduras finished second. And interestingly enough, if Qatar wins their knockout game against El Salvador, we play them. So that'd be kind of an interesting kind of matchup uh, to look out for. So um, I love the Gold Cup because I'm uh, I'm a nerd, but um, it's some fun matchups. So I'm excited to kind of see where the U.S. goes. Again, this is our like B B minus team that we're kind of throwing out there. Uh, not a lot of players that you'll usually see on the varsity level, other than maybe you know Jossie's artists and 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 uh, a couple of others, Sebastian Legit. Um, but still, uh, fun to watch. Uh, Canada, by the way, when we beat them, they were on an eight-game win streak, which is the longest win streak that they've ever had as a soccer team. Uh, granted, they were the first ones to acknowledge that they hadn't played anybody. <laughs> uh, so the U.S. was by far the toughest team that they had played in their nine-game stretch, and they got beat. So, um, you know, Well, now it's – yeah, I think the first stage of the Gold Cup was basically as expected, other than – Pretty much. Other than Qatar. Um, yeah, you'd expect Panama to maybe make an entrance from that group, but nope. nope. Yeah, but I mean, you still got your Costa Rica, you still got your Honduras, Mexico, still, still got your Mexico, top, you yeah. still got all your teams that are going to face each other again when they eventually resume World Cup qualifying in the hexagonal yep. um, stage. So, uh, you know, it, now just question for you here: so if 
the winner of this that then goes to the confederations cup uh i believe so this because is like... we're 21 we're a year out from the world cup so usually the winner of the confederations cup is usually the warm-up which yes. i would assume would happen 2022 summer because um the world cup's that winter the world cup in qatar will be that winter because otherwise the players will melt correct that is correct and they still might because it'll still be about 100 <laughs> but, but yes um i believe that is the case this is kind of like uh we just had euro 2020 the european championships copa america just happened with argentina winning that and messi actually winning something <laughs> And um, and so this is the North American version of that. Uh, so yes, I, I believe they would be headed to that uh, bigger tournament. Um, but uh, yeah, we got to get there first. Um, and if, I would not sleep on Jamaica, and I wouldn't sleep on Qatar in that second round. Uh, no, I mean so the, we'll the biggest say. problem for the U.S. is always getting there. It's like you know, can they get to the the eventual game? And Mexico's going to want a little bit of payback. After oh, after whatever that thing will be cheap. Because obviously Pulisic and Reyna and uh, McKinney aren't playing. I don't think they'll care. Uh, Mexico should not. They're <laughs> gonna they're gonna try to put it on us if they can. Um, so we'll see about the Gold Cup and how that progresses. But uh, we'll definitely keep covering that. Um, the Olympics, even though the opening ceremony has not started, that's set to take that's, place Friday. Well, it's tomorrow night, so you got to understand everything in Japan is literally Correct. twelve hours right. in front of us. So it's it's a you know if it's eleven o'clock here it's eleven a.m. over there. The next so day. The next day. Right. So the all the live action. If if you have sleeping problems, at least you'll have something to watch. Yes. Um, while you're not sleeping, uh, or supposed to be sleeping. Um, but uh, the vast majority of these the vast games majority are having like games. two, three, four, Correct. five. Eight. Correct. You might wake up at like seven or eight, eight and maybe catch the a game. end of one of like their their prime time games. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but some of the events have started already, uh, and we're already running. And yes, it's concerning. I, first of all, like when when other sports leagues did the no fan thing, they like covered the seats. And they put cardboard, they put cardboard cutouts. cutouts or something um, to make it look not as weird on television. Um, the Japanese approach is not, and, and 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 yeah, they would also plug in some like fake crowd noise. Um, no, apparently we're just going to have this awkward. You all the events are going to be awkward as heck yeah. um, for this uh, Olympics because the soccer's already started because literally. There's too many teams. They can't fit it into two weeks, which is a separate rant for another day. Um, the softball has started. The baseball has started. And the, the soccer has started. Um, and the U.S. women's soccer, our, our bellwether, our girls, came out and literally went flat on their face yeah. in their first game. Now, granted, it's against a team for a first game in an Olympics is a tough ask. Sweden has always kind of had their number, but having seen some of the replays earlier today, um, they can they were just there's no other way to describe it. They were just flat as heck. Well, Sweden's the one that knocked them out of the 2016 Olympics uh, in the quarterfinal too. So um, now, but this U.S. team is number one in the world. Uh, we were talking about during Euro 2020, Italy's remarkable run of like 30 something straight matches won. Well, this U.S. women's team. 
beats that. They were 44 straight matches unbeaten. 40 of those were just straight wins, not even ties. Uh, they were rolling people. Um, and they were coming quite, and maybe too comfortably into this Olympics at being the heavy favorite. Even with a Japan team that's very good, Sweden's, they're in a group of death, by the way, for the Olympics. Sweden's great. Obviously, U.S. is number one in the world. Australia is a very good team with one of the best players in the world. Uh, New Zealand, not so much. But those those top three are very, very good, and you can't sleep. Um, and yeah, they came out with a, just an atrocious, atrocious start. Um, I think that's the first time they've been beat by three or more goals since like 20... Uh, I don't even know. It's a while. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Um, but, mean, I, you know, here and, and here's my... My 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 thought from earlier. I I I don't know. It just doesn't feel good without the fans in the stands. These Olympics, I think, in general, are just going to feel weird. They're not going to be the normal break from reality that they always are because you're literally going to have COVID in your face the entire time that they're there. It's a half a world away. It's a big ask for any athlete especially in this part of the country, when you haven't been able to travel to now hop on a plane, do all this other stuff. Don't, you know, I mean, normally it's the summer games. The U.S. tends to show really, really well. Take your expectations down a notch or two. I, I think, I, unfortunately, I think the U.S. is going to struggle and struggle bad over there. Uh, I just have this bad feeling. It's one of those cases where, you know, these types of athletes, these Olympians, um, beyond soccer and more of your specialty areas. Oh, absolutely. I don't think people realize how detailed and how fine-tuned they are. And they were preparing for four years last year to peak. They, they planned to peak at a certain time. Uh, and that peak was 2020, not 2021. So they're off their training schedules. All of them, all of them to be fair, are off. And and also just seeing 2020 every time they flash the Olympic anything is also weird. Like I got it for Euro. That was, I thought that was fun. Yeah. You know, just kind of as an FU because at least there were fans in those stands. But for this, it's just it's just it just reminds you it, all over again. It's hard. And honestly, I feel bad for Tokyo on two fronts. Uh, oh, one, the investment they made is they're going to get the monetarily investment that they the monetary investment that they made was billions of dollars pre twenty twenty for this, and then probably that much or more to hold this out another year, make it happen another year, make all of the adjustments that they needed. Financially, this is a disaster for yeah, Japan already. Um, it hasn't even happened yet. And then, if anybody was. Uh, logging on to ESPN this morning, they had an article about the unrest in Japan over why they're even doing this in the first place and how a lot of the Japanese people believe that they're valuing the Olympics over the health and safety of their own citizens, which is a whole other thing that we can talk about. Um, it's a messy situation. Like, I, I get it on a whole bunch of levels. It, it's, 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 it, it just has a feeling... Like I'm watching a train teeter on the edge of a cliff and there's nobody at the pilot controls that wants to stop it. It just has that feeling. And there were articles that came out today that said that these games still may not happen. We're less than 
I think 24 hours away from the opening ceremonies and they're still not sure that it's going to happen. And the, the, the spin has already gone out. Like I've seen the live report of the guy who still hasn't technically gotten out of his 14 day quarantine saying how low the positivity rate is. We know there's been cases in the village, which is over 70. We have the odd bed situation of oh, the cardboard, with the uh... cardboard, no, no wacky, wacky <laughs> bed. Otherwise it breaks thing it, it, this all just feels weird this the olympics shouldn't do this it should be it's the Wait, one time the wacky wacky is really like i don't know how to make it stay it clean but you know what i'm talking about yes you go to do, do a certain activity and the thing uh, is supposed to break yes yeah, a little extracurricular fun which in, uh, which is known to happen in the olympic village rampantly yes uh that is definitely a thing um for those that know what we're talking about, you know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> Just Google that and Google anything Olympic Village and it'll probably be the third thing that pops which, up. Which, I mean, just as Olympians, one of, how comfortable can they make Here's all I'll tell you. They, they literally have condoms in the hallways. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. They give them to them free. Um, it's, it's a unique situation all the way around. It's... And look, we're coming... People... And it seems like decades ago but in america we stopped the ncaa tournament which is holy sacred ground like right before the tournament right um the olympics for all we know could yeah they could have their opening ceremony they can get like two days in and then they could be like ah, we can't do this and they cancel it that could very easily happen it and again it's sucks for japan financially to take that hit because it's just a massive hit that they take but that's what this COVID era has been like of yeah. financial hits to things. Um, and, and there are certain places that are coming out. Obviously we're watching a baseball game now Yeah. Um, with fans in the stands and no restrictions. We watched the NBA finals that had fans in the stands with, for the most part, no restrictions, except the, the lower bowl of the Milwaukee stadium, like the last three rows were all retracted. Yeah, you know, so it looked look like they went with the hockey configuration for seating um, to keep direct contact with the players a, a little bit away. I mean, it, it, the fact that they're not even like trying to compensate for the lack of crowds, it, like it's not it, it, it. And I think you're going to see it. It's weird enough at the outdoor events. It's going to be weirder in the indoor events, like gymnastics which is always like you're seeing rotations and there's always applause or noise for or something or swim or swim or which is right like like loud booming noises, noises. especially swim with that cacophony of like with the crowd like a, going yeah. crazy you know yeah. i mean and michael phelps and all and he'll be there trying he'll, to he'll do there something again and yeah. um you know and, and all of that it, it's just i i just have this and I know a lot of people love the Olympics and it's one of the few times that I know a lot of, uh, of, of women get involved in sports yeah, at a big massive scale is around the Olympics. And I, I just hope that this goes off. I hope everybody gets through it safe and God, I hope we can show decently, but I, I just got this icky feeling. Part of me is like, and I understand that. And then I think everybody's struggling with the same thing. Cause you know, you, and I feel bad for the athletes because they do. Uh, some of these people work their entire lives for if you're, and they only may get one shot at it. 
and so, then that moment might be like 10 seconds. Like right. if you're a, an Olympic sprinter, you're only last 10 seconds. You're four years or you're your entire you life training. If you fall start, you're done. Yeah. I mean, it's so a warning. I, I feel bad for the athletes who have been prepping and preparing and training for this one moment and they may or may not get it. And even if they get it, it might not have been their peak moment. So it's a tough situation, uh, but we are certainly, I going to cover it and I will be all over it. Cause I love the Olympics. I'm going to try to stay away from spoilers. Cause I'm not going to stay up till 4am every night. Um, well, I, I who wake up at 4am to catch the latest F1 gossip because my body just wakes me up. We'll probably catch some of it. Okay. I, doubt, I doubt I will be tweeting at 4am though. You best believe I'm going to try to catch some basketball, though, because I, I can't wait to see. On the good front, we had a bit of a scare with our own Zach Levine. He has cleared protocols. He will be on the team. He's arriving there. Uh, arriving there Thursday. currently. Yes, yes, probably. Probably as we're talking. So um, we are up against it one more time. Uh, but we've reached the end of our little rundown. There's still no New Year Mean Mercedes news. Please check out our Twitter for all the updates that we are able to provide when we know them. Uh, for Dan, I am Drew. As always, we enjoy bringing this stuff to you, and we will catch you all on the next one.